0: The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of
1: your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have you all back, but I'm even more excited for our guest today. He's the principal at Red Hawk Real Estate, Paul Shannon. Paul, thanks for joining us today. How are you, sir?
0: Cody, thanks so much for having me. I'm doing great today. I'm glad to be here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. I know we we've had a, a great long conversation. We finally had to hit record, so it's been an honor to to finally be able to connect with you. And I really do appreciate it. For those that maybe haven't heard you on other podcasts, haven't seen your name quite out there yet, which you know I'm sure they have, but just in case, tell us your origin story, where you're from, how you got into real estate, and kind of what you're doing these days. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm originally
0: from Boston, Massachusetts. I currently reside in the great Hoosier State uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana. I spent my career in sales Uh, for the last decade of that career. I was in medical device and capital equipment sales, selling implants and uh, surgical devices uh, to ophthalmologists. So uh, that was fun and rewarding. Um, I traveled quite a bit for that role uh, regionally. And then we did the trade shows and corporate offices in Texas and all over the country. Um, And it just became it kind of served its purpose uh, when I was doing it. But at the end of the day, it wasn't really where my values aligned. And as my family started to grow, I have three children. uh, It just became cumbersome for me to get up in the mornings and disappear before my kids had woken up from bed. Uh, And I kind of saw myself as being that dad I didn't want to be uh, years down the road, kind of living in regret that I missed my kids growing up. So I decided I had to take action into my own hands. I'd always been interested in real estate I kind of pushed myself into it because uh, I thought that I had to, it was a, it was a decision from a personal uh, choice standpoint, from a lifestyle standpoint, but it also came down to where we were in the market cycle and what traditional finance financial advice advocates when you retire is that you have a 60% stock portfolio, 40% bond portfolio. And I looked at that model as kind of broken and outdated. When you think about bonds and uh, the yields they offer today paltry. They pay no income. They really don't balance out a portfolio or offer any diversification from stocks or protect against market volatility, uh, particularly when you think about interest rates rising and those bond values falling. So I thought real estate did a really nice job of kind of filling the void and the gap that bonds had in that traditional portfolio. And I wanted to uh, basically take that, that model and grow it into a business as well. So uh, that's when I jumped into real estate full-time in 2019. I had done some single-family uh, flips and uh, some BRRRR strategy-type deals, and it had some success with them, although um, I had some significant challenges that we can talk about as well and some mistakes I made. Uh, but at the end of the day, those deals worked out well in the sense that they, uh, I was able to refinance my money out of it, recycle my capital, and kind of catapult forward and saw that it was a scalable business. I just needed to spend more time doing it. Um, so that's when I decided to jump in full time. Uh, and since then I've acquired over 110 units, uh, in my active business, both in single family and multifamily. And I'm a passive investor as well. I'm a limited partner in, uh, just over 1400 units throughout the Southeast and the South. So that's kind of my background and quick story in a nutshell.
1: Man, I love it. No, thank you. And, and uh, you know, Paul and I could probably go on forever in some of the war stories on trade shows and B2B sales. That's <laughs> that's a whole different podcast, but probably one with a lot of laughs and probably needs a little bit of whiskey to help get it going. But <laughs> Paul, thanks for joining again. And, and as you mentioned, you know, it, real estate always isn't easy. There's oftentimes challenges that you face, entrepreneurial challenges, stuff that happens in real estate construction when we invited you on, what kind of popped in your head as far as things that you've gone through that can help educate our audience on some of the struggles, but ultimate lessons you learned out of those things?
0: Sure. Yeah. I think anytime you're, you're starting something new, you know, there's going to be failure involved. It's just a matter of getting up off the mat, if you will, and going back at it again, learning from the mistakes that you made, applying the lessons that you learned and trying again and getting advice from others, surrounding yourself with the right people, that would be you know advice to to take with uh, your listeners but i i think for me the biggest challenge was when i left my w2 role i had you know like i said done a few projects and i kind of saw it as i just needed to put more time into the business but my initial plan was to grow a property management company essentially and i'd have multiple contractors multiple crews working i'd manage my own portfolio but then eventually i would take on other investors uh, portfolios as well, and that would be a separate income stream for my investment income stream. And what I learned quickly was that uh, about when I got to about seven or eight homes was that property management wasn't that easy, and I wasn't very good at it. And it wasn't really the job that I wanted to do in the business. And, and project management, although I enjoy that more, also had its challenges uh, for a guy who had never, you know, had a construction background. So there, were, there was a couple stories. Uh, <laughs> From a project management standpoint, uh, I'd say you get what you pay for when you hire a contractor. I was trying to save a few dollars. I didn't think I needed that skilled of a trade uh, to do some of the work that was involved in in this particular project. And from a professionalism standpoint and from a quality of output standpoint, I got what I paid for essentially. Uh, And I've had issues ever since. Uh, For example, recently, we had to tear out a granite countertop and kitchen cabinets that were brand new. And we cracked the granite countertop to get to a broken pipe that, you know, was exposed at the time we did the rehab and was supposedly taken care of by the contractor, but they, they just put the drywall right over top and never replaced that pipe. So that was one thing that uh, stands out in my mind. That same contractor, you know, he was staying at at the house late. He was, partying at the house. The cops were actually called one night for a noise violation. Uh, he wasn't paying his subcontractors and there was a fight on the property between him and one of the subs that hadn't gotten their check. I ended up having to spend the time. I was um, you know, home on the weekends, trying to spend time with my family and, and see my kids and their sports and whatnot over at the property, You know, finishing the job myself, doing the paint and anything that I could. So Uh, You know, those types of things happen and ultimately that worked out to be a success from a financial standpoint, but it really, it made me challenge my assumptions that this is what I really want to do. And it made me think about how can I scale this uh, and take some of the lessons I've learned and and apply it to where I can outsource it and sort of manage the manager. Property management was the same way. You know, screening tenants was something I had to learn, uh, leases and how how to read the language work with attorneys. There was an eviction at one point. I had to kind of learn that process. I had a few tenants that weren't the best in the world. Uh, I had one that never wanted to pay and we had constantly had to file and and let them, you know, kind of go through the process of realizing that this was serious until they actually did pay, you know, they trashed my property. They, they finally did move out. They had a tragedy in their family. Unfortunately, but that was a chance for me to kind of say, Hey, if if you'd like to move, I'm happy to break your lease. And essentially I forgave them of the debt they owed me as sort of a cash for keys types of situation. So all these experiences, and there's more to it than that, but you know, they, they ran the gamut and they lasted probably for about 18 months. And what I can say about them is that you learn from these things and you kind of figure out where your path is. You don't always see the forest through the trees and as you progress you know, your vision and your goals of where you want to be can sometimes change and you go down paths that you didn't really see that were there before. Um, you start to see the playing field or you start to have court vision, if you will. Um, and I think that's really important because now I've outsourced those functions. But like I said before, I can manage the manager. So I understand some of the roles and responsibilities and some of the challenges my property manager faces. And I also understand some of the ways that they might be able to sweep things under the rug or try to defer. Uh, issues away from me, so I can call them out on it. If I had never had that experience, I wouldn't know any better. And same with project managers, with uh, with with working with contractors, I wouldn't have had any idea as to how to work with them, in the sense that I'm their manager as opposed to actually being the property manager. So, you know, taking those lessons away and and then applying them to where you can scale and get rid of the things that you don't want to do, but understand those functions well enough that, you know, you can then manage the manager. I think is key. The key lesson I learned.
1: So that's really interesting because we've heard a bunch of t- property managers tend to be the most common occurrence or one of the more common occurrences for, for challenges that arise in real estate. Whether you're, you're single family or, or multifamily property managers, a, a not a great property manager can, can cause a lot of trouble. For those that maybe are either just now getting in or looking to get into real estate, they don't have the property manager experience, but they do want to outsource. How, to, how do they look out for those things that you learned through the school of hard knocks and doing it yourself and grinding it out? How do they try and avoid those types of situations or what kind of advice would you get them to try to avoid hi, You know, hiring a bad property manager? And if they do, how to spot that they're not a great property manager? Um, I would
0: say two things. I'd say one, I would recommend going through the school of hard knocks. I think starting small, there's something to say about that. You know, if you go in and you buy a multifamily property with no experience whatsoever, you know, whether it's your capital or you're bringing others' uh, capital to a deal, which is even more risky because you're not just risking your money at that point, you're risking others. There's something to be said about starting small. So, for those that are in multifamily or want to get into multifamily, there's nothing wrong with single family. I think you learn a lot from there that you can then apply to multifamily. Um, You hear a lot about taking massive action and and going for it and 10Xing. Um, I'm the opposite of that. I like to go slow and steady. I like to really see everything I can see, learn everything I can learn, uh, and then decide from there. That would be my recommendation. But if you're not willing to do that, or you don't want to do that, I would say find a mentor, find somebody that's already done it, Uh, find some recommendations who maybe potentially have worked with that particular property manager looking to hire Understand from them uh, what some of the challenges are that you'll face, whether it's communication or they don't do this well, or, hey, they're really good at that, but they're not great at this. They charge too much for turnovers. Uh, they're not efficient at maintenance. They can do this, but they can't uh, you know, do that from a contracting standpoint. So I would say you know, interview well, uh, and, and communication is really key. I mean, you're going to get bad news from property managers. Uh, they have a tough job. You have to understand that. Uh, they deal with probably the, the, the toughest function in the whole process when it comes to uh, real estate and they have to deliver news about non-paying tenants or, you know, is it, a tenant dying in a unit or, uh, you know, a problem with the property from a maintenance standpoint or a leaky roof, et cetera, et cetera. So they're going to come to you, they're going to call you with bad news, but I think how they deliver that news and how they communicate with you on an ongoing basis about statements, Uh, about deferred maintenance and staying on top of the maintenance schedule, et cetera, et cetera. I think you can really uh, start to take the hands off the wheel a little bit and let them run with it. But it starts by growing into that trust. So you have to establish a track record with that property manager and kind of help them understand what your expectations are. If they can't meet your expectations, then it's time to probably move on to some other one.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I've, I've heard before too, showing the property manager the business plan up front. And saying these are these are what I think we can do, showing them and making sure that to your point that you align that they can hit those, but then also get their opinion on some stuff because you may not have as much experience as they do in a particular market area, whatever type of building or asset. Get their get their opinion on stuff, and if you can get their buy in and they're part of the plan, you're probably going to have a lot more success running it together than you would saying this is the plan. Only do this and I'll give you information as, as needed. Uh, to your yeah. point, they, they have a hard job. They deal with the people, which is the messiest part of this whole thing. Everything looks real easy when it's just on a spreadsheet. But when you throw people and personalities in the mix, it's a whole different ballgame. hundred percent. hundred percent agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think property managers have market knowledge that is priceless. That you know, They may have lived in that market forever. They may manage... X number of units, they have the most current information on what leases are for one ones, two ones, three twos, et cetera. They've dealt with everything in the book. So presenting them your business plan and seeing if they validate it, that they can you know, basically give you a check on your proof of concept, uh, I think is immensely valuable. And, and growing that relationship comes from mutual trust. And as a matter of fact, my, my property manager at uh, my multifamily property in Evansville, Indiana is now my business partner in our, in our flips for our single family homes. I, so I've kind of, and one of the strategic reasons I wanted to do that was because I wanted to have him be accountable to me in a, in a different way. So I'm his most important customer. I want him to always think that I'm his most important customer because sometimes the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but we're attached to the hip now. Mm -hmm. So he knows what my expectations are. and as long as you know we're
1: always looking out for each other and holding each other accountable, we'll never have a problem. Well, and I've even heard of some folks giving up some equity to their PM group or the property manager to, to in their multifamily deals to get some get their skin in the game as well. Uh, so I think all these strategies are great and, and listen folks, if you're, if you're not hearing all the things that Paul's saying, please go back and re-listen to this one because there's some really good nuggets in here. Uh, With what Paul's saying, I love the idea of you don't. Not everyone has to go fast. Not everyone has to ten x everything. There's a lot to be said. I can cook a lot of great meals in a crock pot. I don't have to flash fry everything. (laughs) Uh, In fact, it's a lot easier for me to throw a bunch of stuff in a crock pot and I come out looking like a champ to my family at the end of the day. You know, eight hours later when it's ready. Um, You know, some people have a lot of success. I think there's there's a lot to be said for both strategies. You got to find the right one that fits you. So. Paul, I can't thank you enough for coming on today, but I really appreciate the lessons and, and opening up and being kind of honest with us and the audience about uh, some of the stuff that you went through and educating us on that. So I really do appreciate it, sir. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been enjoyable, Cody, and I particularly enjoyed our conversation
0: before the show too. So
1: yeah, one of these days, folks, we're going to record some of those conversations. It's, it's probably <laughs> coming in the near future, but we'll see. Uh, Paul, for those that want to connect with you, learn from you, work with you, where's the best place people can reach you at?
0: Two places. I'm really active on LinkedIn. So that's one way that uh, people can connect with me. Uh, And the other is my website, redhawkinvesting.com.
1: Perfect. We'll drop both of those uh, links in the show notes so you can grab them quickly, folks. Paul, again, thank you so much for joining us. I truly appreciate it. Thank you, Cody. Appreciate having me. Absolutely. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you next time. You've been
0: listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories Podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every
1: episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories Podcast.